The show's about to start. Are you ready? It's meat, strawberry ice. Welcome to the show. My name is Jeff. I'm the Iceman Trumple. I'm bringing you sports from a West Side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of the Cincinnati Bearcats and Bengals. Now, do me a favor. If you found this show, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. I'm up to 1,128 subscribers. That is awesome. I appreciate every single one of you guys. Now, this show and every show is brought to you by T Properties. T Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out the website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right, guys, today's a very special show. I have a very cool interview. He is the beat writer from the Bengals. He's none other than Jay Morrison. Hey, Jay, how you doing? Welcome to the show, man. Hey, I'm great. Thanks for having me. No problem. I appreciate you doing this. So how exciting or how much does it say about this team that every single player that was going to put the stripes on this year was at OTAs when they didn't have to be? I think it says a lot. I think it's, it says a lot about the players. It says a lot about the coaching staff as well, that um, they mediated and came up with an off season program that the, the players would be willing to, I don't know if accept is the right word, but to participate in. I mean, we, we see it all around. The Browns are doing theirs right now, and they, they're at 60%. Uh, some teams are lower than that. Uh, this is a team full of young guys. It's typically the older veterans are the ones that are kind of balking at uh, going through this and still kind of hiding behind the, the pandemic as an excuse when really that is no longer an excuse. And it, it's just about it's, – it's all about – doing less work and, and, and exposing yourself, not, not exposing yourself to injury. Um, that's a big part of it, but this, this is a team full of young guys that knows that they have a lot of work to do. And if you're going to wait till training camp, it might be too late. They already missed last off season. They're not willing to miss another one. So it, it does. It, it, it says a lot 
um, about the makeup of the players in the locker room, but also the, the faith and, and the trust that they have in the coaching staff, that they're not going to overwork them and they're, they're going to get done what they need to get done, but they're not going to take unnecessary risk. Yeah. And that's a really good point that, that you brought up there, the, the trust that they, that the players have in the coaching staff, because a lot of people the last couple of years are wondering if the players, you know, if they believe in Zach Taylor, or if they believe in, in, in Lou, if, if, you know, if the, the player, if they have the players, uh, the players have the coaches back. And I, I think this says yes, unequivocally yes, because they don't have to show up. And like you said, most players don't want to show up for, for more practice than they have to when it's, you know, June, they don't, I don't really know they're putting all full pads on, but they are putting a helmet on and some shorter pads and stuff, but not full pads, but still it's hot. It's rainy. You know, I think that says a lot as, as to where the players, how the players feel about Zach Taylor and this coaching staff for sure. Yeah, there's no pads at all right now, and it's it's all voluntary. Next week will be the mini camp, and that that'll be mandatory. Uh, that's when a team could find a player for not showing up. And we've seen this in the past. Carlos Dunlap uh, skipped OTAs. Can't remember if it was last year or two years ago. These they all kind of run together, yeah, but right. he, he came in in time for the for the mini camp. And um, the, you know, I, I think most of the players, if not all, that are still here do have coach taylor's back and even one that's not here giovanni bernard was one of his staunchest right. defenders and it just money wise it didn't work out but the the ones that butted heads with the new direction are, are the the a lot of the old marvin lewis veterans that uh, are no longer here right I, that's just i say they're they're all gone and, and that so that, that brings you to the point this year that i think it's third it's third year zach taylor i mm. think this is probably by far the most talented and the deepest team that Zach has had. And same with goes with, with Lou. And I, I always call him Armadillo on my show because I kind of, it's a joke, but I kind of refuse to call, call him by his real name until his defense gets better. <laughs> but I think it's a, it's, it's a definitely a big year for them to, you know, fish or cut bait. I, I think they, there's no longer the excuse that, well, they don't have all their players. Well, they're still, you know, the, it's a young coaching staff. It's, it's their young players. It's this and that. I think this year is the time for them to make a huge step forward in into the future of what this team is going to look like and how this team is going to per perform going on to the future. Yeah, it really is. You see it in players. The the third year is the year. That's where I mean you, you do see a leap it, uh once they kind of get through their rookie year and you do see a, a for most players a, a pretty sizable leap from from rookie to to second year. But it's that third year for the ones that haven't quite taken that step yet. That's where you figure it out where, OK, either this guy, it comes on and, and the team is going to want him around beyond the, the rookie contract of year four. Zach Taylor, same thing. I mean, he's he's going into his third year. This is the year where Mike Brown has to decide. Right. He's the guy or he's not the guy. And he, I, I think they would have. It, it sounds obvious, but they would have been so much farther ahead had Joe Burrow not got hurt. I, I really oh, yeah. think the playoff window opens this year. Yes. If, if he gets to have a whole season, we already saw it all starting to kind of click and come together and the offense really taken off uh, when he went down. And and that was the easier part of the schedule coming up. I mean, Brandon Allen played well. This offense did some good things with Joe Burrow out. And if you just you, – you, sometimes stop and think what would have happened had Joe right. not got hurt. Where would they right. be right now? But at the same time, he's, he's back. He's, he's not hundred percent yet, but all indications are he's going to be when the season starts. And so this is, this is it. If, if they get off to a slow start, 
I'm not sure Zach Taylor finishes the season. Right. If they start one and five, two and six, something like that, they may pull the plug early. It's not it's not typical of Mike Brown in the way the Bengals front office operates. But for years we've said, well, that's not the way they do business. Right. But they, right. they they're starting to do a lot yeah. of things differently. And uh, I, I think if they get off to a good start, it'd be the complete opposite where you've got so many young guys, so much confidence, so much brashness that all of a sudden, if they go four and one, five and two, something like that, you could see this thing just really clicking in a hurry and taking right. off. So I, I think the first month of this season is is really going to be big for this team. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. And, and uh, that brings me to my, to my schedule prediction. Now I, I always say I, I look at the Bengals through orange sunglasses, but to be honest, yes, my, my prediction of what the record is going to be is, is very bold, but it, it's very doable. I think if you can see that here, I have us 11 and six, but bold. The, yeah, it's very bold. But the thing is in every game, we got the best quarterback. And in most of those games, we have, in my opinion, have the more talented team and the way they set the schedule, everybody keeps talking about how, this is a rough schedule. I think you guys are talking about this on, on your your podcast, you and Paul Dana Jr., how they set the schedule up. And I couldn't agree with you guys more. It's it's actually perfect because you got the Vikings, the Bears, and the Squealers the first three weeks. Those are all winnable games. I mean, I think the Vikings might be the more difficult ga uh, game to win there. But, again, they have the best quarterback in all three games. So there's a very good chance you could be 3-0 and Four and zero because you got Jacksonville after that rolling in, into Green Bay. That is if Aaron Rodgers is there. So I, I think they did. Whoever put the schedule together actually did the Bengals a favor because to me you want the the that you want that the way that schedule is laid out is perfect because the harder teams are at the end and who knows if they're going to be that hard of teams to beat at the end of the year or not. Right. Well, yeah, you never know. That it's it's always the the teams that there's a handful that you think are going to be really good and it comes second half of the season and they're not and if. If you if you can get off to a good start and and you get into the second half of the season and you're in playoff contention and you're at, you're talking about playoffs and then you you kind of stumble in in December against this murderer's row of of what looks like really tough teams at the end of the season you say okay we're not there yet we we made some progress we got a few more steps to take um, and it's 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 not deflating but if if the other thing happens where you get off to a good start and then some of these teams that look like they're going to be aren't good and you can really kind of just keep improving through right. November and through December and all of a sudden find yourself in week 17, week 18, which still sounds weird to say, yeah, yeah, it uh, does. with a chance to make the playoffs. I mean, right. that's huge whether you make it or not as far as throwing you and propelling you into 2022 when that when that playoff window really, truly opens. Yeah, exactly. And, and for me, it's it's – the, the 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 playoff window for me is, is should start this year because we have everybody signed. We got all our young guys; they're all signed for the next three years for sure. And that is the opportunity to to grow this team and, and and get it to where we want it to go. And I don't see any reason. I mean, obviously it depends on how they progress, and obviously it depends on how Joe Joe Burrow's knee is. But to me, the the playoff opportunity starts now. I don't want them to. Go well, you know. If we go eight and eight, yeah, what well, it was good. Like, no, we, I want, and I think this is the the Bengals' mindset. That's why they're all at OTAs. Is mm -hmm. we want to win now. We're tired of you know win six games in the last three years or whatever. I think they, they their mindset is they want to win now, and I think there's a very good shot that it could uh, 
propel themselves into. I'm not saying winning the division, but maybe we get a wild card. You know, it could be close because if you look at the, I think it was the O, the O four season when Carson Palmer's first year starting, they yeah. went eight and eight that year. The next year, O five was when they took off. And yeah. I'm kind of looking at it this way, you know, kind of you, you look at your past futures of what happened and what you know what they did. Well, uh, Palmer didn't start his first season. Burrow did. So hopefully that has helped Burrow advance enough in the second year farther than than Palmer did. So hopefully maybe that's a projection that can get them farther along quicker. Well, I mean, look at Palmer's second year of starting. It was one of the best offensive years this franchise has ever seen. Exactly. Um, The thing is, you're right. It's it's the players, the coaches, the front office aren't looking at it as the playoff window doesn't open until next year. you, You can't play sports that way you have to right. go into every season believing that you're going to get it done I, i'm just when i say that the window opens next year i'm, I'm trying to be uh, more in the realistic realm yeah, kind of yeah. looking at it from an yeah. objective standpoint yeah. i don't I, I think i think a lot of fans do have optimism that the season could could go well and hit that 11 and 6 mark that that you said but i don't think a lot of fans would be willing to put down a car payment or a house payment <laughs> on, on that. I, I think it's no. wishful thinking, but it's yes. not a smart bet at this point. Yeah. Well, I kept looking at it, and I was trying to, to – like I said, I look at it through orange sunglasses. I'm a very optimistic mm-hmm. person, and I was trying to find something like, well, because I had I got losing – because people gave me crap because I got losing to, to the Raiders, but I got them losing – or beating the Chiefs. I'm like, how are you going to do that? I'm like, well, I don't really want them losing four games in a row at the end of the season, which they could. I mean, that's you know, that's a murderer's row right there at the end. Yeah. So I, you know, I flip flop. So hey, you know, I, I am by no means an expert at all. I'm just a fan with a YouTube channel and a podcast. But one thing also I thought was interesting that we found out uh, through OTAs and Joe Burrow is not only did he rehab his knee faster than most people thought it would be, but he also has improved his arm strength. I mean. From, from CJ Uzama to Tyler Boyd to Higgins, they're all like, I got to put gloves on. My hands are stinging because he's yeah. throwing it so hard. Is that, uh, is that sustainable? I mean, do you, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much you know about arm strength or anything, but is that something that, that you're, he'll lose during the season? I mean, as far as, you know, you know, you lose weight and all that stuff during the season. Is, is this a sustainable thing that, you know, his arm strength is here in June? Will it be there in December, or how do, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think it will. I I, I mean, he's. It's not like his muscles are going to atrophy. It's <laughs> and, and when you when you're doing when you're dealing with rehab on a on a leg on a knee, it makes sense that you you can't do as much with that. So you're going to work the upper body. So right. that's what he did, and and it's it's not just building the muscle. It's 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 working on the mechanics and and, and the mo the throwing motion, and then when the leg is strong enough to get out there to actually drive off of and start throwing, you see that new found velocity and it, it happens all the time. I mean, you see this huge jump when, when guys go from high school to college and right. it, it, they're still kind of growing at that point, but it's because you, you go from a guy that's making a thousand dollar stipend running a, a weight program to a, a guy that's making a career out of it. And then you get into the pros and it's, it's not your sport, it's your job. And you've got right. trained profession professionals everywhere. Mm-hmm. The the weight staff, the the strength and conditioning guys, the trainers, the the cooks, the chefs in, in the team facility dining room. It's just everything they do gears you to making your body the best you. Right. So I, I don't I don't think it's anything, it's not a fluky thing that he's 
that much stronger and has that much more velocity on his ball. Now, maybe he's he's plateaued and and this is it. This is as yeah. strong as it's going. It's not like every year he's going to get on. going to keep getting stronger, but it doesn't need to. He's so accurate and he's got such a nice touch mm-hmm. on the on the deep ball and he can make the throws he needs to make. You know, he may not be able to throw it 75 yards like a Mahomes, but he can he can throw a 25 yard out and put it right on the guy's hands. So I, I think I think his arm strength was fine, good enough last year. It, it's just it's a bonus that he's he's added to it. And it's I, I think it's gonna be fun to watch because that was the main thing that 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 was the only hole in his game last year was was the deep ball. Right. And even that T. Higgins kind of put that on himself and not on Joe. It wasn't that Joe wasn't putting the ball in the right place. T. Higgins was just kind of showing his hands a little early, um, not just needed to learn that nuance of how to kind of fake out the defensive back, not just get behind him and wait and, and grab it, not not give it away with your eyes that the ball was coming. Um, there's there's just so much room to grow for for Higgins and Chase with Burrow and 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 really all those guys. You know his tight number one tight end C.J. Uzama only got a game and a half with him last right, year. Right. Um, I, I just I, I really do think. This offense is is going to be something special this year, and the defense doesn't have to be great. If you can, if you can, if that defense can get up in the the fifty percent range, you know, rank around sixteenth to eighteenth in the league. This team's going to do pretty well. Yeah, I mean, we we can say the same thing about the defense. We can say the same thing about the offensive line. They don't yeah. have to be great. They just have to be better, you know. And I mean, as far as the defense go, I actually think we're going to have a pass rush. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, I, I, I we had no, we had none. <laughs> we had we had we had one guy last year. That that was that was it. And we replaced him with uh, Trey Hendrickson. Now, do you think is Trey? Some people say that that was kind of a downgrade. I kind of looked at it as, uh, you know, this, almost the same numbers. You know, same type of player. Him and Lawson. Do you think he the Trey Hendrickson is a an upgrade or a downgrade, or is he about the same as, as as Lawson? What's your opinion on him? I think we're gonna have to wait and see. I think that the, the whole reason they made this move is they felt like they knew what Carl Lawson was. Mm-hmm. That, that what he was the last couple of years is what he's gonna be. And they see growth potential in Trey Hendrickson. So I, I think that's the reason that they kind of made that swap. It wasn't an official trade. It was, right, hey, right. we're not going to re-sign Lawson. We are right. going to sign Trey Hendrickson. But, yeah, I think they they can see him really taking a big leap. And, um, you know, the one thing that Trey Hendrickson benefited from in St. Louis or in, in uh, New Orleans was he had guys, right? Quality guys rushing off the other side. Yeah. So Sam Hubbard is going to be a big part of of what Trey Henderson can do, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, if you get Larry Ogunjobi, who's thrilled to be a three technique now that he feels like that's his his best spot, and Cleveland didn't always use him that way. Even at Charlotte, they didn't always use him that way. He hasn't been a true three technique since high school. He's fired up about that. If you if you can get a push from him up the middle and, and get the the two H's, Hendrickson and Hubbard coming off the edge, mm-hmm. maybe Lou starts getting a little more aggressive and dialing up some blitzes with, with some of the young linebackers, or we, we saw them sign Mike Hilton, the slot corner, yep. who was mm-hmm. one of the best blitzing, probably the best blitzing slot corner in the NFL. Um, I, I do. It, well, it can't be worse. That's the yeah, one thing. That's the pass rush cannot be worse. But I do think it's going to take a sizable leap this year. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I agree with that. And I'm very excited to see uh, uh, Joseph Osai and, and, and Sample yeah. as well. And I, I like uh, uh, Tyler Shelvin. I mean, I, I call him Big Daddy Bayou. That's kind of my little nickname okay. I've given him. Um, but I think he he could be a, a steal in the draft as long as he keeps his weight under control, which is, looks like he's but you know been able to do here as far as you know OTAs and stuff going. But I, I've 
there's talents on, on this defense line. And, and the thing with, with Lawson that where they say he plateaued, I think Lawson would get to the quarterback, but he couldn't get him down. Because I remember yeah. one of the games against the Squealers where he's rushing Ben and he's wrapped around Ben's legs and trying to get him down. And Ben just goes, whoop. You know, that's just, every that's defensive end ever. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it just seems like it's worse when it's the Squealers for us. Like, right. Why don't we hand him? Can we get him down? So hopefully Hendrickson and Hubbard can get to him and Joseph Wasai and Sample and. I, I have, it, like you said, it's going to be a better defense no matter no matter what. It's got to be better. It can't be any worse. Well, um, you know, maybe maybe their best pass rushers are their corners. If you've got oh, corners yeah. that can cover and mm-hmm. make the quarterback hold it a little bit longer, I think this cornerback group is going to be better and, and, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. I, I think some of these defensive linemen can make the cornerbacks better. It, it all works in concert. And right. um, I, I think they've upgraded – well, they've obviously upgraded defensive line. But I think this, I think this secondary is upgraded from last year as well. Um, so kind of what we, what you mentioned with the offensive line falls in line with the defense as a whole, just doesn't have to be great. Just has to be average. You, you put that same thought process in with these young linebackers who nobody's really established themselves yet, but as long as you don't have any goats out there, right. any donkeys, as we like to say, <laughs> it'll be good. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up the secondary. Cause it's, I mean, the, the quarterbacks, the cornerbacks are all completely new. I mean, yes. Trey, or, um, Trey, not Trey Henderson. Um, Trey Waynes, yeah. <laughs> thank you, Trey, too many Trey's. Trey Waynes, yes, he was on the team last year. He never played. So right. he basically got all, all new cornerbacks. Like, you know, Jesse Bates and, and, and Von Bell are, are still there. But I, I think it's an, an upgrade. And I'll go to another thing you guys were talking about in the podcast. It's better than Sims. <laughs> yes, that was – I don't know what they thought they were getting in that guy. But <laughs> right. They didn't get it. It was no. – I mean, it was, it was a decent free agent class – uh, just kind of got bit by injuries, but yeah. he was he was kind of the the one mistake they made and in, in, in that free agency sign free agency signing last year. And it's you know it's not just the the three new ones they they got Eli Apple too and yeah. Ricardo Allen. They've, I mean they've got yeah. a lot of new pieces in that secondary. And then you've got Jesse Bates, who's arguably arguably the best safety in oh, the yes. league, and Von Bell, who struggled a little to kind of fit into this system. Um, on the field, he, he walked in and earned a captain job and was an instant leader on this team. Right. Um, but he he played better as the season went along. And I just I, I think you put put the, those solid guys at safety over the top and in good corners. And this secondary is is going to be better. I, I'm not ready to say it's going to be a top yeah. ten unit. That would be crazy at this point. But again, same thing. Get well, get in the middle of the league and you'll be fine. Well, the thing is, like, like you just said with Eli Apple and Ricardo Allen, it's it's deeper, and that's that's one of the things yeah. I really like about this team in general. I think because last year we got hit by so many daggone injuries mm-hmm. that the guys behind them—I mean, we were pulling guys off the street to pull, you know put that defensive uh, line and and in the secondary too. But yeah. this year they have—if if, God forbid it happens again, we get that injured. But you know, injuries happen; people are going to get injured. I think the the guys behind them are better than what we had the last couple of years. Yeah. I mean, Darius Phillips has proved that yeah. he can, he can be a starting corner. In this yes. he, he hasn't proved he can stay healthy, but right. you know, it, just having a guy like that. Uh, and then you add in Eli Apple and just, I mean, Tony Brown, Winston Rose, those, those guys right. that were kind right. of fringe guys last year, maybe they stick around on the practice squad and you wouldn't feel awful if you had to, you know, dress one of the pull one of those guys up and dress them for a game. If if a guy was out for a game or two, right. it is that's it, the, the roster's not where it needs to be, but it is it is it, it's 
be- it's better top heavy wise than it was last year, and it is definitely better depth wise. Yeah, and now you bring up uh, Darius Phillips, and everybody uh, is talking about the uh, punt return game. Who's going to do that since uh, Erickson's gone? I put my hand in for, for Darius Phillips. I, I think he would be the the best guy that I, that I can think of right now on. on on that it's actually done it on the team to do it. I mean, I know some people said Chris Adams or not Chris Adams, uh, Chris uh, Evans, Chris Evans. Yeah. yeah, And and so a lot of Bengals fans like Puka Williams, which I think they just want to go Puka in in the stadium. But uh, I don't know. How how do you feel about Darius Phillips being the uh, punt returner or or what do you, who thinks got the best uh, chance at it right now? I know. Well, I think Trent Taylor's in the mix. Oh yeah. I forgot about Trent Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he did it for San Francisco and, um, I don't know. I, I, I would lean toward Darius, but he, when he first came in the league, he struggled with drops a lot and it wasn't just in games and preseason games. It was in, in practice and training camp quite a bit. And I, I don't know if the coaches ever fully got their confidence back in him. They, they did to some degree because they were using him right. in, in games, but I, I just there, there's just some disconnect there with this coaching staff and Darius Phillips where they yes. just he, he, it seems like he earns his chance and he just never can get it. So right. that that might be there's not going to be a lot of position battles in camp, which is weird to say for a team that won four games last right. year. But I mean, left guard and punt returner. That might yeah. be it. I mean, it's yeah. it feels yeah. like all these other positions are, are set. Um, so it, it will be interesting to see, and you, we will have preseason games. Uh, so I, I would expect to see uh, a heavy rotation in all three pre- preseason games so they kind of get a feel of, of who is going to be the, the guy to, to do it. Um, I, I would, If I had to pick a guy right now as the leader in the clubhouse, I would say Darius Phillips, but don't rule out Trent Taylor, just the fact right. that he's done it before. And yes. um, I, I, I think it's, it's a pretty close to a, a dead heat race right now. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I'm glad you brought him up. I completely forgot about him. But um, did, did you, uh, I saw you notice the uh, the jackpot Joey Burrow sign yesterday at, <laughs> yes. at the practice facility. That That's uh, my buddy, Maddie Myers. So uh, they, they, they're, they're shirts and everything that uh, he's putting out and all the uh, proceeds go to the Joe Burrow Hunger Relief Foundation. So we were oh, asking about that on Twitter yesterday. So I figured, Hey, come on my show. I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you know what we got going on with that. So that's it's always funny. Uh, my my wife actually works with. I believe it's his uncle Ed Meyer. Oh, really? And uh, I guess Ed had seen my tweet as well because he oh, walked okay. up to my wife at work yesterday and said, "I know who hung that sign." <laughs> right, right, and, right. and my wife is like, I, "I guess you know what he's talking about." And I was like, "Yeah, I know what he's talking about." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was supposed to go help him put the sign up, but I couldn't get off work in time to go help him. He already had it done by the time I got off work. Oh, did he just hang it yesterday? Yeah, yeah, he just hung yeah, it. Okay. So, so yeah, hopefully we get some get some. Uh, I mean, I, only thing I have to do with it, I just promote it on the show. I, he makes right. the shirts, and he does. He's he's done all of it, not me. I'm just I'm just the mouthpiece for him. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, let, let's let's wrap this thing up here. I said you gave me a half hour. That's great. Um, one quick question: How now? You, you've heard me how optimistic I am about the Bengals, and like I said, I look at everything through orange colored sunglasses. How optimistic are you for this Bengals season this year? Um, well, to make the playoffs or just to be competitive or what? Uh, yeah, let's go with making the playoffs. What, what, let's, yeah, let's go with that one. Um, I, I'd say 30% chance. I just, I, I think there's still too much to do. The division is too tough. The schedule as a whole is too tough. Um, but it is, it, 
as you said, and as we've talked about on the podcast, it's laid out perfectly mm -hmm. with all those NFC teams up front. Those, if it does come down to a tiebreaker situation, those games don't count. Um, so if there is a little bit of a slow start, then, then that helps you out. And right. conversely, if those easy games, what appears to be easy games up front end up being that way and you get off to a hot start and all these strong personalities come together quickly and mm -hmm. the confidence just shoots. I mean, it can happen, but I just, yeah. I, I, I'm more in the eight and nine, nine and eight camp. I just, I, I think that's the goal. Get, get to 500 this year and then make that huge leap next year. Kind of like we saw with the Carson, the Marvin Lewis's first two years, right. eight and eight, which they felt did. like, Oh, I was like playoffs. Oh, with, with that was uh, I was unbelievable. I, I, I think Beglis fans were ready to rip their shirts off and go streaking. For, yeah, you know, for eight and eight. I mean, we just came out of the well, the decade and a half of the nineties where we were lucky if we won four games like we we did last year. You know, so yeah, eight and eight yeah. was unbelievable. Yeah, and this drought hasn't been as long. It hasn't been as bad. Um, you know, the the last two years have been really bad. Obviously, picking him top five two years in a row, but it it just it feels like that's the next logical step and, and can they can they take a bigger step absolutely but um look, maybe not don't try to bite off too much this year just <laughs> right you know kind of get everybody it's still not only a young team it's the you bring in all these veterans and free agency which they've never really done much of i mean you've, you've got a lot of guys that that need to learn each other and even last year they made that that huge free agency class, but you didn't have OTAs. Right. You didn't have that chance for these guys to kind of bond and, and build that camaraderie. And that's another reason why the, the hundred percent participation OTAs this year is so big because it's not just what they're doing on the field. It's when they're hanging out in the meeting rooms and in the exactly. cafeteria and in the locker room, right. they're getting to know each other. They're, they're making plans to um, hang out after practice and, and when they get their break here in five weeks. So all that, plays a part it's just it, it's a lot to ask for it all to come together just super fast this year um just build it up a little bit and i, I think 2022 can be a really fun year yeah e either way i think this is gonna be a way more fun year this year oh, than yeah. it was last year i mean like, like you said last year I, and i'm with you i mean last year it was starting to click i know we throw the ball and threw the ball and threw the ball because that's all we could do <laughs> mm -hmm. with that offensive line. We couldn't run it, but it was starting to click. It was starting to get really fun. I mean, Joe Burrow had, I think three or four games uh, of over what? 400 yards passing. Is that, if I, if I, am I right on that? Or um, sure? I, I would have to go back and look you. I think you're close. I think there was so, three. Yeah. Somebody. So, I mean, it was starting to click and that's where, that's where we're like, Oh my goodness. It's so frustrating with, with that. But if he could pick up kind of where he left off, which, like you said, starting OTAs, and I don't know if I really want him in a, a preseason game. But sound the listen to Joe Burrow talk, he goes, "I wouldn't mind getting in there." Like he says he's got to wait and see what the ownership and coaching staff says. But honestly, I wouldn't be surprised to be honest if he's, if he's in for a series, just because I didn't think he would be back, you know, this this soon. But these are all things that we get to look forward to, and yeah. it's fun. We get to look forward to potential. Win, a potential winning season instead of like last year was all oh, how long are they going to keep Bobby Hart? How long, you know, when's mm. this going to, the whole thing last year, Joe Burrow's going to get injured, and which unfortunately it happened. But this year it's more of, I think, optimism. You know, things yeah. are going in the right direction. The Bengals have done the right stuff for two years in a row. And it, it's just a lot of fun to to discuss it. Anyway, I, I could talk your ear off. I, could, I, I, I do this. <laughs> 
I'll do this for an hour every day. I'll be, I'll be doing it again here uh, at the five 30, but Jay, I appreciate you coming on. And sure. anytime you ever want to come back on again during the season or anything, just hit me up and I will gladly have you come on. We talk Bengals again. And, oh, all and, right. And yep. Tell everybody where they can follow you about your podcast and all that stuff too. Yeah. The podcast is here. That podcast growling on the athletic um, during the season. We have some free episodes. You don't have to be a subscriber to listen to it. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at J Morrison, ATH. And um, we've got a lot of it, it's the, the, the season is coming up the off season where the, team is gone for five weeks but paul and i are gonna have a lot of content for you guys um in the in that little dead time and then we'll ramp it back up at the end of july when the team comes back and training camp gets going and uh all of us have no free time whatsoever for the next <laughs> right, exactly. three or four months yes you, you guys will be you guys will be busy that, that's the the i guess good thing this isn't really actually my job <laughs> so, <laughs> i don't have to do it even i just choose to do it people think i'm yeah. crazy you do this every day I'm like yeah what are you talking about I don't know. I always find something to talk about. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, Jay, I appreciate you coming on and uh, you have a wonderful day and who day. All right. Thanks. Good talking to you. See ya. All right, guys. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed that as much as I did. Um, we will be going live. Like I said, at five 30 today. So uh, make sure you guys check us out. Then uh, I'm going to have, uh, again, I forgot his name, but he's a, uh, Ticket from the ticket Bengals ticket office. Uh, they're gonna be on the show today talking about the open house coming up this weekend and Bengals season tickets and where we're at with that. So let me get to the uh, Facebook groups that let me live stream and I appreciate every single one of you. You know this isn't live, this is taped. Um, but it's Who Day Nation, Cincinnati Bengals, the Jungle Bengals Nation, Bengals Who Day Nation, Cincinnati Reds, Rounding Third, heading for home, Ohio State Bucknuts, the Ice Bar. You can follow me on all my social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook. Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Twitter is the handle is Je at Jeff A. Trunapole. I'm also on TikTok, and the handle there is Iceman90. I will pull the sound off later on today. So if you can't sit there and watch our interview for an hour, you can listen to it on the podcast on Beanpod, uh, Apple iTunes, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. YouTubers. 1,128. I appreciate every single one of you guys. Let's keep it rolling. Try to get to 10,000 as fast as we can. And other than that, as my boy Jeremy D would say, remember one thing and one thing only. And that is, you don't live in Cleveland. You live in Cincinnati. So act like it. Who day? And that's just sports, baby. See ya!